2: Hello, and welcome back to the Out of Spec Podcast. I'm your host, Francie. And today we are joined by Kyle and Tom Malogny, EV advocate and enthusiast, host of the YouTube channel State of Charge, and overall a very knowledgeable person when it comes to everything EV. So thank you so much for hopping on to the Out of Spec podcast today, Tom. Some of our viewers may have seen you on the Batteries Included podcast or on your YouTube channel, but it's great to have your expertise today to facilitate this conversation. So how's it going? Hope you're having a great day.
0: Yep. Great day. And thanks for having me on. It's always fun to uh, knock heads with Kyle over something.
2: Yes, definitely. So Kyle and Tom, we want to pick your brains today. Kyle has a lot of questions. Tom hopefully has a lot of answers, especially surrounding EV charging, amps, circuits, what is allowed, this 80% rule, all the safety that goes into it, and then how we should consider it as EV owners and EV drivers, but also where the EV at-home charger manufacturers come in. So Kyle, I'll pass it off to you to set the scene about the curiosities that we have for Tom to answer today.
1: Yeah, well, I was talking to a um, uh, an EV charger, home charger manufacturer, and um, they... Basically said to me, "Hey, we have a version of this charger that's 48 amp capable. That nothing sounded alarm bells at that moment. Sounds normal. Hardwired 48 amp units are common, even up to 80 amps uh, for uh, EVSEs can can go that high uh, for AC charging in the U.S. But uh then they said oh our 48 amp units actually the nema 1450 version and i'm like hold on wait a second what are you talking about you can't pull more than 40 amps on a nema 1450 which is a 50 amp rated circuit for a continuous load and they're like well what are you talking about so i don't want to out the company because i think we've helped them fix their uh you know issues going forward but tom this is a common occurrence I'm seeing with especially the Chinese cheap uh, electric vehicle supply equipment chargers that are being sold in the U.S. seem to have variable current or internal dip switches, and maybe not everyone is setting them correctly for the maximum allowable rating of their circuit. Can you explain what the rules are and how dangerous this could be?
0: Yeah, and it is very dangerous. So What you're talking about is a continuous load. Now, when you have a circuit, let's say a a, a 60-amp circuit, you should be able to pull 60 amps. It's a 60-amp circuit. And you can pull 60 amps from a 60-amp circuit. However, the NEC, which is the National Electric Code, um, has something called a continuous load rule. And that is if something is expected to draw the maximum power for three hours or more continuously. It's called a continuous load. So you would be able to, if the item, if let's say your EV charger never charged for more than three hours, you would theoretically be able to draw the maximum current on that circuit. But since electric vehicle charging frequently exceeds three hours continuously, it's continued a continuous load. So now it defaults to the 80% rule, which means You can only pull 80% of the circuit's maximum rating. So if it's a 60 amp circuit, 80% of that is 48 amps. So the most you can pull is 48 amps on a 60 amp circuit with a continuous load. And that's really because of, it's not that the circuit can't deliver. It can deliver 60 amps. It gets hot. And the longer you continuously charge the circuit, the connections are going to heat up. They're going to continue to get hotter and hotter. That's where you have a problem.
1: Yeah. And we've seen, uh, I want to talk about the safety of NEMA 1450 or just receptacles in general in just a moment. Um, But the thing is, what so the NEC regulates this, of course. Uh, This is a standard US-wide practice. I believe almost for all of the world, this 80% rule applies in other markets as well. But is there a legal entity that would enforce this or follow up on it? Or are they okay or any charger manufacturer, are they okay to sell a unit that does 48 amps? It's just, let's say I bought one of those and I said, hey, well, I'm only charging a plug-in hybrid that charges for two hours, zero to full. And I know I'm not going to plug in any other car. Now I can come up with a lot of scenarios where another car may plug in and it could be dangerous. But is that against code if I only make sure the charger runs for t- three hours or less?
0: It's still against code because it potentially can run longer. So, you know, you, you, the, you the code doesn't allow people to, you know monitor to make sure the code doesn't get violated. And you would say, who would follow up on this? That's the authority in charge, or, or AIC, they call them. That's your local inspectors, your local um, municipal uh, electrical departments. They're the ones that are in, 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 in charge of overseeing this. So you know, if you were to put in this um, NEMA 1450 outlet and plug that charger in it yourself without pulling a permit, you, you could potentially have a problem. Uh, which is, you know, another one of the reasons why I really stress all my followers to pull permits on their electric vehicle charging equipment and have it inspected. I know a lot of people do it yourself. I'm a do it yourself. I do way more than what I am qualified for or should do with regards to construction and everything. We were just talking about this before, (laughs) before we came on the show and I'm not going to talk about what I'm doing, but it's not electrical work and I draw the line at electrical work because plumbing work, things like that. You could cause damage. You could have a problem, but electrical works different. If you overdraw currents, if you don't follow the code, if you make a mistake, you die. You know, it's, it's, it's not like you just have to pull out a floor because you, you flooded your, your, your basement because you, you didn't, you know, install your, your, your plumbing lines properly. And with EV charging equipment, it's even, it's on steroids, that issue, because you're pulling more current Than what the rest of your house is drawing when you're charging your car. And in some instances, for me in my garage here, I'm pulling more current than half the houses on my block at that same time. So you really need to make sure it gets done right. And if you pull a permit, if you have it inspected, the authority in charge will make sure that you are not violating any NEC codes and that everything's safe.
1: Love that. That's a great message to get across. It's something where we should always encourage our viewers, our EV driver uh, brethren out there that you should just double-check what you're plugging into the wall. Make sure that the the receptacle, the wiring, and the breaker can support that much power. And don't, like as Tom said, don't just say, oh, I can run 60 amps continuous because you really shouldn't. If you're going to go continuous and really any EV charging, it's one of the few appliances that just sits maxed out, pulling max load for a big battery, seemingly endless amount of time. Uh, You really need to make sure that you're safe there. So on that topic, Tom, there are other situations that I've found myself in, uh, either charging in the middle of nowhere with sketchy adapters and stuff, where sometimes the cars will ask for more power than what I'm able to deliver for them. As an example, let's say I take my Tesla universal wall connector, which, uh, actually no, the mobile connector, sorry, the one that comes with the car, uh, used to come with the car, and I plug it into a NEMA 1450 outlet, And that NEMA 1450 outlet, I have a dongle to go to a 30-amp plug. Well, when the car sees that I plug in, it's going to ask for 40 amps because the charger itself is on a 40-amp charger, but I've hooked it up to a lower power level. This is not something I recommend for daily driving or anything. It's just an emergency situation. So what I am able to do is dial back the request from the car to the weakest point of that chain, Um, do you have any recommendation for our viewers? If they happen to charge on a weird situation with many dongles and adapters, what to look out for?
0: Don't do it. That's my recommendation.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I like it. I like it.
0: You know, um, you kind of know what's going on, Kyle, and you're really in tune with everything. And I'm not talking down to the followers and saying that they, they're not sophisticated enough to do that, but many people aren't. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's just not safe to do. You, you, you know, you could overdraw. I mean, if at, at best at the, if the best thing happens, the circuit just pops, you, 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 you pop a circuit breaker, you know? um. So, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult to advise people because every situation's different. Like, you know, you, 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 you probably have come across dozens of different situations where you know what adapter to use and whatever, just try to follow the code at, at, you know, Try not to even do this guerrilla charging, like what you're charging about portable chargers and in, in outlets that you don't know where they're they're going. Try to find public charger if you're really on the road and you need something that's that's in, on a network somewhere. And and in, in most areas of the country, there are except some of the real rural areas, say where you live. Try to use established charging infrastructure because you just don't know what you're going to get, and uh, you know you could even end up damaging your car somehow. So you know I, I prefer. To tell people if your ev can dial down the power teslas can not all electric vehicles can um to if you're on an unfamiliar charging point dial it down a little bit and charge and charge a little bit slower and and just get enough energy until you can get off and, and go to a uh a, a known source hell i even say if you're gonna like some people charge on level one, 120 volt if they have a plug-in hybrid or something in their house I don't recommend just using your existing outlet in your garage that's been there for 30 years since the house was built, because that outlet has never been used, probably. Use it once in a while to plug something into it. If you really want to charge level one, pull a brand new 20-amp circuit from your circuit breaker, dedicated circuit, just for that. Make sure all the connections are nice and tight, and then go. Because even on your own house, Kyle, you don't know the condition of the wires and everything. And you're talking about on the road somewhere trying to pull 30 amps from some sketchy 240 volt outlet you don't know you don't you just don't know what to expect
1: yeah thankfully those days are pretty numbered now because public infrastructure is now everywhere but i'm thinking even five years ago there were some trips i had to take where i needed all these crazy dongles and adapters and just as a warning if you ever have to do that just really go to the slowest possible charge that you can make it you know get around with because it can get sketchy every connection point is a point of heat failure uh and and other uh, resistive loads so tom the um the the point about the level 1 charging which would be just a regular wall socket in your home everyone always says hey i can just plug this in at home and it'll charge and you might get one or two nights of charging out of it but the thing is these plugs are not designed for constant you know, in and out and in and out every day, all the time, especially if you're at an Airbnb or something like this, you have no idea what's on the back end of that plug. What's your recommendation for someone to safely level one charge? You mentioned running new lines. Are there other things people can do?
0: So that's the, the big thing is if you run a brand new circuit in a, a 20 amp, 120 volt circuit, rather than a 15 amp. Um, so, so, you know, you, you've got the wires a little bit oversized for what you're going to need. The connections are all nice and tight. Um, you're good to go, Kyle. And then you could even pull set your portable uh, your 120 volt charger to the maximum current. M- many of those can deliver 15 amps, uh, and and you can dial them down to like six amps. If you're on an unfamiliar circuit, um, you know it's better to dial it down a little bit because if you end up blowing the the fuse, uh, the the circuit breaker, now you can't charge at all. You know, it, it, so but if you do that at home and you pull a brand new 20 amp circuit, you can you can set that thing to 15 amps, and at least you'll get. 1.2 kilowatts, something like that. But again, as you mentioned, that's going to be running 24/7. You know, so that that circuit's pulling the maximum energy. It, it, it's rated to pull constantly. Never, it's never going to end you know, because level one charging is so slow. So uh, if you do that, you'll be fine. And I surprisingly know a lot of people that live fine with level one charging. And you say, well, you know, if you've got a 60 kilowatt hour battery pack, how are you charging on level one? But remember, you only need to replenish what you used. And if every time you pull back in the garage, you plug it in, you're home. Many people, people that work from home, 20 hours a day maybe. So that thing could just be charging constantly. And so, I know many people that live five with level one charging. I don't know how they do it because I couldn't. But you know, if you're going to do that, pull a new circuit, install a new outlet, and you're good to go.
1: So no issues even running it all the time. If you have a new circuit, new outlet, you're good to rock and roll. That's good to 100%. know. 100%. Um,
0: connections all done correctly by a licensed electrician. You're good to go. Especially get a good, um, uh, don't just go to Home Depot and buy the the, the $1.99 outlet. Go to Electrical Supply House and buy like a $10 outlet, industrial grade outlet. You'll be good.
1: Right. Love the, love to hear that. The uh, next point actually has to do with outlets, which is um, very commonly, especially automakers will tell potential buyers of electric vehicles, all you need to put in your house is a NEMA 1450 outlet, which is a 50 amp typical you know, washer dryer plug, if you will. You install that for a few hundred bucks in your garage, and now you have a charger in your house and the cable that comes with your car can charge it. And yes, that can charge your car. But uh, even just recently, my friend Drew was borrowing, I think, my Rivian and almost burned down his entire shop with his plug, which completely melted when it was charging with my truck. So, Tom, tell us what are the problems here? What do people need to look out for?
0: Yeah. So, unfortunately, all NEMA 1450 outlets aren't alike, Kyle. Um, There are very cheap ones. You can go to to Amazon and do a, a, a search for NEMA 1450 outlet. There are outlets that are $9.99. And then there are outlets that are $89.99. So, and it looks the same. You look at it, you're like, oh, you know, I'll buy the $9.91. This guy's ripping me off. No, they're not ripping you off. You know, there, there are uh, yeah, you could probably just do a, a search uh, NEMA fourteen fifty outlets. You could probably pull the Leviton for net. Is that Leviton? Yeah. How much is that? Yeah. Nine ninety nine, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> nine nine forty five. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Now, if you if you if you change the search to like highest price to lowest, you'll see like yeah. a Hubble for ninety bucks, I think. And um, so so obviously they're not created equal, right? I mean, if 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 there's that much of a of a, of a price difference, and they're not. And here's the kicker. If you go, when you go back to that, um, look at that 128, you know what I mean? 128, yeah. If if you go back to the the Leviton, it will say industrial grade outlet. There's no standard for calling something an industrial grade outlet. We tell people, make sure you buy an industrial grade outlet, not commercial, Kyle, industrial, because there's even a difference there. Yes, see industrial grade. There's no, nobody makes that standard. The, the, the manufacturer gets to tell you if it's industrial grade or not. So you can't even trust the words um, uh, because this is not an industrial grade outlet um, by anyone's uh, imagination. You know, it, I'm telling you, if you buy that outlet and you install it and you pull the maximum current that it can deliver, 40 amps, continuously for, you know, a, a year, it will burn up. I'm not saying it may it. I am telling you it will burn up if you if you use that a lot, not just for occasional use. I mean, I have a closet here. I wish I didn't know we were going to talk about this. I have a closet of them here all burned up in a box that that my followers sent sent me. And, um, you know, that they they just melt. They, they can't handle the duty cycle that electric yep. vehicle charging uh, um, creates. So you want to get yourself a Hubble or another high grade item. uh, uh, outlet that can stand up to the duty cycle of electric vehicle charging. And, and even then, when you do, I tell people to once a year, even if you buy a good Hubble or a high quality, uh, outlet, shut your circuit breaker off, wait a few minutes, open it up and then crank on those connections again, because the expansion and contraction are going to back the screws out uh, because EV charging is such a high demand that even the good industrial grade outlets can back the screws out if they're not torqued properly when you first install it. So it's just good practice to to check your check your um your your screw and it's good to inspect it to see if it looks charred or burned or anything. Once a year inspect your NEMA 1450 outlet.
1: Yeah, that's great advice. And, uh, you know, we were looking at a photo of one burnt up there. The one Drew had was even way worse than that. I mean, I have just one. Hold gets... on a minute.
0: I'll, I'll yeah, come grab right back. One.
1: Yeah. So, Francie, while Tom's gone, you right. have charged electric vehicles many times. Has this been something you've ever thought of?
2: Um, You know, I thought about it a little bit. I'm not you know I don't I'm not a homeowner where I have the opportunity to install this, but I have thought what would be the process of doing it oh, and Sorry about that that's okay How do you like back, this one?
1: Oh my God well,
2: absolutely burnt through just yeah hold right. on let's whole.
1: let's solo that oh my goodness that's insane. so Tom, what is the fire risk of something like this versus the heat event being isolated to the outlet? What's the risk here?
0: So uh, you know, if it's in a proper metal box and everything was installed properly, um, the the circuit breaker will blow. Like it'll spark out, maybe even start a fire. The circuit breaker will blow, and it and and it should smolder and and be contained within the box. Um, but but you know, not everything always works the way it's supposed to work, and it, it, there's absolutely a fire, particularly if you have a plastic, a lot of these uh, boxes are plastic and they'll melt through faster. Um, You know, I always like to tell people to install their NEMA 1450s in a metal, metal enclosure. And just, you know, you just want to do best. And this is a Leviton, by the way, you know, and and just do best practice. Um, Would every time this happens, is there a fire? No, no, it's fires are still going to be a small percentage of, of these melting, but it's there. And, when do you charge your EV? At night, when you're sleeping. When's the worst time that you want a fire in your garage? You know?
2: Yeah. No, thank at you. At night
0: when you're sleeping. You know, what I mean, you never want a fire in your garage. But, you know, if it's if you're sleeping, that thing could be burning and burning. You wouldn't even smell the smoke. You're upstairs, you're on the other side of the house. So, you know, it's it's right. uh it's it's a bad situation.
2: So it seems like your recommendations here are one, definitely go about it in a very very structured way. Don't willy nilly get the industrial grade outlets. Um, and also, so that's like one thing, but then when you're looking into the at-home charger that you're going to have, is there just a key that you can see on the description of the charger? That's like, this is certified. So I know that it'll be the safest option for me.
0: So you do want the, your, all your electrical charging equipment to be safety certified, either, you know, um, UL or ETL or CA, Um, And then I also recommend that you hardwire it. Don't even involve an outlet. It's not necessary. So many of my followers think, oh, I want to get an outlet because um, I might take my equipment with me. I might want to unplug it one day. And then they end up never. They plug that damn thing in and it sits on their wall for years and they never even need to unplug it. Hardwire it. Make sure that the connections are torqued to the manufacturer specifications. In the installation, it's going to tell you how many pound inch that the connections inside need to be torqued to. And you have to follow them and you have to make sure your electrician follows them. Because if it's not torqued to the right um, amount, the screws will back out. And I'll give you an example. See the Ford um, uh, Charge Station Pro behind me? That's an 80-amp charger. When Ford uh, first started selling it, the, the uh, specifications had it torqued to, I think it was 50-pound inch. Um, Ford has changed those. And now it's like 70 or 80 pound inch because they found that their screws were backing out when the, when the units were overheating. So, so you know, it's very important that you torque all of your connections inside your outlets and your charging equipment to the, the, the proper torque that the, uh, the manufacturer recommends. And even in that case, it might not be enough.
2: Right, it might not have been corrected yet. Hopefully, and and mine were. Have-
0: I, I actually did it. I the uh, um actually my my channel sponsor here, Q Merritt, came to my house because they knew that that had happened, and they did the install. So they came to my house to inspect it, and the guy said, "Woof!" He goes, "You're already starting to back out." So we, I mean, I use it a lot, and I charge it at the eighty amps. I mean, I love that it can charge my lightning so fast. You know, but
1: yeah, the, I've charged on it on eighty amps, and that was actually oh, I yeah, think yeah, one of the. It. That was the only 80 amp AC charger I've ever used. It was something like one of the only ones I've ever done. Yeah.
0: It's so good. It got, my lightning charges so quickly. It's like you know <laughs> yes. such a big battery and I see it like you know just just pumping it it, it gets about 17 and a half um kilowatt to the battery, you know. And just Amazing. seeing it pump yeah, it's 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 like for AC charging can't beat it.
1: That's epic. Well, um, you know, one thing we wanted to also talk about with you, Tom, here was your new website, evchargingstations.com. I feel like we're doing a book review. Thanks for coming on our show. Now we'll promote your book. But uh, truly, these types of conversations, this type of information and more will be found on this website. What can readers expect to find here?
0: Right. So uh, thanks for bringing it up. I haven't really been talking about this yet because I'm still building it out, but it's a new website that I'm going to have news articles that are just on EV charging, no EV reviews, just like EV charging news. And then all my YouTube video reviews. And I'm also going to be building out. So many of my followers email me about asking me for recommendations. They said, Tom, I just bought a BMW iX. Um, I have 50 amps available in my outlet. What charger should I buy? So I'm building and I can't respond. I get dozens of emails every day from my followers, which I love my followers. I wish I just don't have time to respond to them. So I'm building a charger recommendation tool into this website where you'll be asked 10 questions. What EV do you have? What power do you have available? Do you mount it inside, outside? How long of a cable do you need? All, the, all these questions. Do you live in a cold weather area or a warm weather area? And then it's going to spit out my top three recommendations of chargers that you can purchase and with a link to buy it directly from the site if you choose to.
1: That's that great. is epic. We love to see it, and uh, lots of charging content from your side. State of Charge YouTube channel does the best in-depth reviews of level two home charging equipment. Maybe DC chargers. We got to have you start tearing those apart at some point. That could be cool. If
0: I had time, I leave that to you. You're more of the DC charger guy.
1: Yeah, I love DC um, charging.
0: I, yeah, I, I don't. I, I don't know if I have the time to do that. So I'm, I'm going to defer to you. When people have in-depth DC charging uh, questions, I kick them over to Out of Spec.
1: Hell yeah. Well, sounds good. Well, thanks for taking the time. Thanks for helping us keep our viewers safe and also uh, charger manufacturers to understand the U.S. code. Because I think maybe sometimes it might not get through the translation documents to Chinese uh, engineers. I don't know.
0: Well, they're all trying to get a piece of this pie, Kyle. That's why all these new companies are just making equipment as fast as they can, pushing it out. Uh, I won't even review most of the equipment that's offered to me to review. Because I just look at it and I'm like, you don't want me to review this because, you know, basically I'm going to tell everybody it's a POS and don't buy yep. it. So,
1: you know, <laughs> so that and, makes for good videos yeah. too. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, every now and then I'll do one yeah. just to show you how yeah. bad things are, but I don't have my, I don't have enough time to, to start reviewing this crap that I don't want to recommend. <laughs> yeah. I really try to pick the stuff that I think I'm going to want to recommend. And and do the, my deep dive reviews uh, and on that.
1: What's know? the number one recommend right now? Because I was talking to Francie about because she's getting a Rivian, it's on order. I was like, you should get the Tesla J one seven seven two thing that you have there. Is that sort it's, of the the best unit?
0: Might be. It's uh, the new mm. Tesla Universal Wall Connector with with uh, you know you can and I'll and I'll I'll I'll, I'll show you. If you can either charge Tesla Tesla or vehicles with NACS, or you press this little. You press this little button, and now you've got J1772. So it's the only um, home charging equipment that can do this, you know, with the magic very dot. Cool. So it's, it's it's, you know, it's it's Tesla's one step ahead of everybody again. And uh, it's hard to recommend against that. Uh, I do, um, the Emporia 48-amp charger is also high on my recommendation re- list because it's priced very aggressively, $399. It's a 48-amp smart charger with an app. You can Mm -hmm. pair it with your solar, if you have solar, so that your EV only charges when your solar has excess production. So it's got really good features and it's really affordable. So that's another one that's very high on my list, but I don't have, there's no, I can't just say this is the charger to buy. That's why I have 10 questions in my charger recommendation tool, because there are other good options. I mean, the flow behind me here, which Mm -hmm. is very expensive and a low powered charger I still recommend that to some people depending on their situation. So, you know, there's, you really, there's no one size fits all. And uh, you, you need to ask questions to find the right charging
1: equipment for you. Totally. And on that Emporia topic, didn't you just interview the CEO of Emporia, Francie?
2: I sure did. Had Sean on the show and it was a great interview. Yeah. So folks can check that out. They do have some really interesting offerings and a lot of smart technology that can optimize the way, like you were saying, Tom, the energy is used at your home and especially considering EV charging. So yeah, they have some pretty cool things out there. And this is definitely, yeah, yeah, an area where Mm -hmm. you do not cut corners if you're considering not only quality, but just general safety of your home.
1: Totally. Well, yeah. Thanks, Tom. Really appreciate the time.
2: Thanks for having me on. See you guys. Yeah, we'll see you next time on the Out of Spec podcast.